I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yes, Sine, you know we're in a prestige television show when there's a fancy title sequence, don't you? <laughs> we do. It's one of the requirements these days, isn't it? I don't think you can get anywhere without a fancy title sequence. But there are some shows now that sort of they play against that by just having like the title of the show come up. Mm. Like, well, you're very confident, aren't you? Where's my three minutes of like a mountain being built or you know, like in Daredevil where they're like dripping blood to create mm-hmm. characters and stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm. The whole thing, you know, it's a whole, they have wars and stuff for TV sequences. It's weird, really strange. Anyway, let's go to the podcast. <laughs> Hello there, welcome to I Only Like You and Movies. My name's Lonnie, her name is Sine. How's it going, Sine? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you going? Look, I've been better. Oh. No, I'm alright. <laughs> Normally I've got something, like I'm kind of into the show we've watched. This week I'm not so much into it, Sine. Normally I've got something good to say, and I've got some good, oh, I just didn't, didn't, it rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. Well, didn't rub me the right way, maybe more accurately. <laughs> let's, let's leave that metaphor aside. Yeah. Um, what we've seen is New Gold Mountain. It's an Australian um, miniseries. It's here on SBS. And it's set in the gold rush of Australia. And that's an area I don't really know a whole lot about, apart from, you know, a lot of gold going around. <laughs> and it brought a lot of migration to Australia and so on and so forth. I think it just felt a bit like a something they would play in the Year history class today. You know, it just didn't grab me enough for some reason. But at the same time, it was really well shot, well acted, well directed, a really good budget for an Australian TV show, like really well done. But I just think there was something missing for me. Anyway, what do you think? Well, I quite liked it. I'm sad to hear that you didn't really like it. Mm. I thought it was really interesting. I hadn't seen a lot of, I don't think I've seen anything about Chinese history in Australia. It's it's billed as a Western, Lonnie. It's an Australian Western, which you love. I'd love me a Western. I think looking after the first episode, I was like, I don't know if I can go on with this. And then you were like, I'll get it's It's really good. So I was like, okay, I'll watch the rest of it. I think what happened, I was trying to analyze it as I watched it, that like every time there was something interesting happening, there was another like three or four storylines, which I just was not into. And I just sort of became disengaged. I think, would you agree? There's too much going on. No. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. What is going on? Maybe we should talk about a bit of the plot because people might not have seen this. Okay. So, Xing is a Chinese Australian who is the head man of sort of the Chinese mining camp that's in Ballarat. And essentially what happened is that the Chinese were working in the gold, like trying to get the gold, and then they would be you know, pay cheap labour and not get to keep any of the riches, they would all go to the English or the British. Hmm. Um, And so there's sort of like racial tensions and there's a mystery because a woman, a white woman, turns up dead in Chinese clothing. And so that's sort of the main mystery that you're trying to uncover or unravel 
um, as the series progresses. And there's other stuff. Well, I didn't mind all that stuff, but then also like there's this woman trying to make a newspaper. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's this woman <laughs> trying to make a newspaper. There's an Irish guy who turns out he was married to the dead mm. woman who's trying to do some stuff. There's an Indigenous lady who's also trying to, like, survive in this racist, horrible environment. Mm. I think, to me, some of those storylines felt like um, like modern you know, US prestige TV, um, like almost like Breaking Bad in some ways. Like, you know, it's almost a crime show. And, like, especially that first episode where they, they're doing some dodgy stuff. And also, there's one scene where, like, our hero we think he's a good guy but he has to like slit a throat of this stranger yeah. like that was really intense like something you'd see on hbo right but then there's the storyline of the of the woman who's trying to make a newspaper that that felt like you know something you'd watch at three o'clock on the abc and that's sort of you know, like midsummer murders or, or you know something even more um benign than that so i think that that tonal sort of change didn't quite get to me and also i'm like just just show me the main headman Shami Shing, he was really cool. Mm. Spending half the episode with other people was like, oh, I just don't know what's going on here. Fair enough. So you wouldn't recommend it to people? Look, I still might. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for those reasons talking about, um, you know, seeing an Australian show of this, of our history, um, and, you know, that would introduce you to all sorts of things. And especially, like, the Chinese-Australian um, experience has not been shown on screen nearly enough. Especially, like, think about it. There have been Chinese Australians here as long as, you know, some of our family members have been mm -hmm. um, going back in, in you know, migration at this time. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's not something that really grabbed me. And um, I think it was maybe just a bit, the bits I liked were outweighed by bits I just wasn't into. So Fair enough. I reckon watch it. I think it was really interesting. I haven't seen anything talking about this topic before. Production was great. It's only a four-part series. That's true. So you so, get through it pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's important to support Australian productions, even if they're not perfect. And I don't know. I think it's important to watch a show like this in today's climate. Well, it's funny going back to what we've um, talked about the last few weeks. We've had like Squid Game, which was very much you know, South Korea exporting their culture to the rest of the world and being like, deal with it, <laughs> come yeah. in and just enjoy it. And then last week we watched um, Clickbait, which was set in America but filmed mainly down here in Australia, mm -hmm. which is an example of us sort of importing that culture rather than saying, why not? Why don't we set it in Melbourne if we're going to film in Melbourne? Yeah. So this show is a good example of something. I was like, we're going to make something very Australian, talking about a unique Australian experience that hasn't really been shown too often on screen before. And, you know, come around and get amongst it and try and enjoy it. And, you know, to the, that's saying to the rest of the world, just like to come on board and watch our show rather than us trying to, like, lease out our filmmaking abilities for another country's um, yeah. film. So I think that was cool from that perspective. Great. And the Year 9 history teachers of the country are going to go crazy for it, aren't they? <laughs> If you haven't watched it now and you're in year eight, just wait a year. You'll be there. This is at least, you know, a week or two of class we for you. We should probably mention the reason why you're so jaded about history and history teachers. It's because no. your parents are teachers. <laughs> and so, I liked history. Yeah, I know. I understand that. But, like, you've just got a really strong opinion of, like... If not for Nora, I would have got the 
year 12 subject prize in modern history. Oh, God. I'm not bitter about it. No, clearly Cause, not. No, I'm not, because Nora's great, so that's fine. <laughs> I know the prizes. It's okay. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but that, that's kind of my, you're right, that's my link to that sort of I think um, that's why experience. you're overly sensitive about this, because you've Well, also, I also remember, like, we had other examples of this sort of show shown to us in class, like... Mm-hmm. Like did you learn anything about the Chinese history, though? No, we did the Gold Rush, and we did. They did talk about the Chinese um, experience, and a lot of it was about how racist it was, and they actually showed us the propaganda of the time. And it's like, oh wow, this could have been in modern day yeah. Fox News almost, but you know, it, it was back then. It was it, it, kind of what you're saying is that everyone was very um, suspicious of the Chinese. I think it was because they were so good at the gold mining that they were doing, and so they had to try and tax them more. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the race is ill, we can't, can't go past. Um, so yeah, th- I, I think this would have definitely been shown to us in class. That's kind of the joke I'm making, but it's a good one. So it's not actually a bad thing to have, if this is going to be part of the curriculum moving forward, if that does happen. Um, and even better because, you know, it's not white people making a story about Chinese people. I think, yeah, all the, all the. A yeah. lot of the, the cast and crew were obviously coming from that perspective, and I think that makes it so much better. Definitely. A few questions for you, though, today. Just some stray thoughts. Okay. Um, are we getting into spoilers? Should we warn the people? Oh, yeah, my business world is coming up, but not nothing huge. Um, first episode, and this is kind of not, not a criticism of this show in particular, but lots of shows, um, when you have to identify that two characters are related, um, isn't it great when they just tell you each other, hey, big sister, hey, little brother, like, I've never done it to my, to my siblings. It's so bizarre, Have you? isn't it? No. I think the the most egregious <laughs> example is Vampire Diaries, where they say, yeah. hello, brother, every two lines. Yeah. It's just truly awful. <laughs> in this one, in the first episode, the two brothers who are the sort of main, two main characters, I suppose, they, they say a lot um, in the first episode, I thought, which is, mm-hmm. I guess that's, you're, you're orienting the viewer, that's okay. Um, another question for you, I thought, Especially in the first episode, but the whole series, really. Um, how would you have gone with women's fashion back then, Sine? Um, Women's fashion, I think I would have been fine with. Mm-hmm. But I just wouldn't survive in that environment. Okay, so you wouldn't mind the petticoats and the various layers and corsets and things? Okay. Although it would be hot, I guess. Is that what you're more thinking of? It would be very hot. No, I think in that first episode, there's a sequence where they're, they're putting on all their different clothes, I think, because she's about to have dinner with all tea with um, her friend and that was kind of i was like wow it takes forever to <laughs> to get dressed back then oh yeah you'd have people helping you yeah exactly yeah um there's another line i thought was funny i think it was in the third episode uh maybe it was in the last episode i think it was our boy shing um i think he was talking to bell who's the the newspaper owner maybe someone else I can't remember now anyway the line was where are you going and then he says to save you like, where are you going though? Like, do you actually give me some? I'm asking a question. I'm not asking. <laughs> I want some location details here, mate. It's true. Some of the dialogue was a little not the best. Mm, I will. I will agree with that. Yeah, I think there's also in the second episode. So I should mention that um, he's the headman. Shing. He's the headman of this organization. But there's also like, I guess, as the person they're paying all their money to, is turns up right. The woman. Yeah, Is so that I'm lay? a bit confused about all the different headmen and the ins- inspector or surveyor, prospector, sorry, yeah. that came 
and then who everyone was. But I think they were in charge of the whole thing. Yeah, so he was sort of managing day to day, but there was someone else they were all sort yes. of working for. I should mention as well that um, Belle Roberts, who's, who's played by Alyssa Sutherland, um, she went to school like around the corner from us today, apparently. I know, that's bizarre. She's in Brisbane, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. She was a model for many years, but I thought, you know, I thought she was great, to be honest. I, I can't really fault any performances. I think maybe there's just too many storylines going on to really get a hold on any of them. That's my main criticism. What did you like so much about it, Sunny? You're, you're the fan here. Well, I liked lots of things about it. I think I mostly enjoyed the fact that I hadn't seen anything like this before. Hmm. Obviously, I've seen Australian historical stuff, but not anything that's focusing on the Chinese experience. So I felt like hmm. that was really fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, budget, obviously great production value they shot it in a town called sovereign hill which is in regional victoria and it's a town it's one of those like historical towns where they've kept it sort of the same like they sort of preserved the buildings and everything to be of the time yes yeah, so it's a bit of a tourist thing a yeah. little, you know feel like you're in the 1800s or whatever mm-hmm. um which is interesting i thought i don't know i was kind of i i was interested in the the mystery of who killed the woman I agree there were side points that I wasn't that that keen on. Hmm. Um, and I don't think all of it made sense, and I'm not saying all of it was great, but... I, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it, and I thought it was interesting. And sometimes that's more important than the other stuff. Yeah, a lot of the shows we like, or movies that we review and we, we love, aren't always perfect, 100%, and that's totally fine. But if it connects to you, that's great. Can we get into some spoilers? Please do, because I've got some questions about the ending. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start there. Did you pick it? Well, can you can you really explain it to me? So, well, here's the thing: she this was killed by someone thing. else, right? So this is the same thing that we spoke about in clickbait, I think. Clickbait, yeah. Where the twist turns out to be something done by multiple people. So there's not really a way that you could have, like, it's not just one person behind it. Um. So Patrick, is that his name? I think it's Patrick. Mm. Firstly, he's married to her. Mm. His first instinct is to go burn all of the stuff that's tying them together when they find her, but everyone knows that she's his wife anyway, so why did he do that? Really unclear. Mm. Um, For a cool shot, maybe. Well, yeah, seemingly. <laughs> but every, everyone's like, what, do you, what are you doing? That's your wife. We all know you, she's your wife. Yeah. We've seen you around town. Mm. Um, so she was having an affair with Shing's brother, mm. who is son. So they were having an affair and then they hired a an indigenous tracker to get them out of the camp. Mm. But while that was happening, she died from someone shot her? Yeah, so there was like a some Outlaws bush rangers, yeah, kind of. And then But also she'd eaten the So, so gold. so I actually picked that bit. Uh-huh. And the reason why I picked that bit is because I saw the most horrific movie that's ever been produced in the history of the world called The Pianist mm. with Adrian Brody. Mm. And it's horrific and I didn't finish watching it. It's about the Holocaust. And as part of that, like my knowledge around the Holocaust was that a lot of the Jews ate or swallowed their most prized possessions because it was the only way that they could keep them safe. Yeah. So I picked that because I was like, oh, wonder if there was gold in tummy. 
Um, but I didn't pick that he did it. Like, yeah. The fuck? Yeah. So, so in that sense, like he was part of it, but he didn't actually do it. So it's kind of difficult for anyone to pick what was yeah. going on. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like it's going to be the case soon where if it's one person who does the whole crime, that's the new twist. <laughs> it will be because, yeah, they're trying to make it really convoluted. Mm. Yeah, so I didn't pick that son, like, you don't do that, do you? I mean, obviously he's greedy and gold's the only thing that helps them get out of this place, but, like, yeah. I don't know if you cut into someone's stomach to get out gold when you love them. That's a weird thing to do. You call it quits, don't you? They're just like, okay, well. Yeah, say a bit. This is know? the circumstances that we've come across, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the question I had at the end is like, what happens next for these people? Like, it's. Well, Sun goes back to China, I think, and. Yeah. I don't know. Shang's just on the lamb. I suppose so, <laughs> he yeah. Gets, he gets free. I don't know. I, I think I, I could have maybe watched a whole show about someone starting a newspaper back then and that could have been cool you could have had multiple seasons of that like mm -hmm. a, a woman trying to make it as a newspaper proprietor back then um but yeah that doesn't quite gel with like yeah somebody has to cut open his dead lover to yeah get her gold out mm. my main takeaway from the show is that i just wouldn't survive in this environment it looks really okay. in which which ways well okay always always some of them don't even have houses. Some of them are just sleeping in the bush. Mm. There's no, like, water, like, running water. There's no air conditioning. There's no, like, like, it just seems really hard work. And everything's really dusty. Like, you know how we watched um, News of the World with Tom Hanks? And so everything dusty. just felt dusty. And I just, if I somehow was like, found myself being a time traveler and got sent back to that time, I, I would end it. That's how much I would not enjoy okay. living in this environment. I don't know how. So really, we've got to respect our forefathers and foremothers, don't we, to for getting, getting through those times for us to, so we could live in luxury, really. Is that story about in Toowoomba, there was a uh, hotel built and it was a really attractive proposition for people from all around because it had a floor. This is back in this time, but yeah, they didn't have dirt ground on just on the inside the building. They had an actual floor. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. interesting isn't it and i thought about that because I, I you know we've both probably seen our fair share of colonial australian um 
setups and mm -hmm. museums and things over the years. And it's really like, yeah, you're just in like a tin shed. How do you do it? I don't know. I, yeah. No, thank you. That's what I say to that. Yeah. And like even my my grandparents living on a farm for a long time and they had kids and everything. It's just so far away from what we know, isn't it? Yeah. But I guess the other thing is that if you're back then, you would have just, it would have been no different to your life. You would have survived in I it know, somehow. And you wouldn't have anything to like compare it to. Yeah. Which I get, but like also, you know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I just think you remember one the funniest scene is when um, we find out there's been some um, sex work going on in, in town and also in the, um, the camp, the Chinese camp, and they've got to go talk to somebody about it or talk to the sex worker, I should say. And so she just walks in and says, all over, you're done. <laughs> like when they're halfway through a session. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just opens up the curtain because obviously, yeah, as you said, there's no rooms. It's just you're in a tent sort of off to the side. Like, I don't think it works like that, mate, but okay. I know. <laughs> um, also, that, that doctor was so creepy, wasn't he? Like, Oh, bad news. So I thought he I, he was my top suspect because I thought he was trying to get the baby. Because you know how yeah, he he's into eugenics. fetuses yeah. in jars and he's like, I have one yeah. from every, every species or whatever. Mm. Um, that stuff was horrible. He's like, oh, it's proved that people have thicker veins so they don't feel pain and it's like oh what about the guy goes in for a rash on his arm and he gets out the um don't they call it got a particular name but the, the thing that measures the size of your head like okay oh, yeah <laughs> how does this help i know but i know that was a huge thing back then is to measure your brain and stuff and yeah the idea was that you know some races have different brains like what the hell like it's so it's obviously stupid to us now but that was just, he was the doctor. He knew everything back then. You just yeah. have to go with it. And man. they actually believed that, like, Indigenous people couldn't feel any pain because they had thicker skin or whatever. It's like, what are you on about? So they didn't use anaesthetic yeah. for any, like, it's just uh -huh. horrific. Anyway. And, like, obviously there are differences in people's makeup and their genetics, right? But we're still humans. Like, it's all just because of the colour of the skin that so much of our world is fucked up it's just yeah. really sad isn't it really? and that can be used to justify other things like like that oh my goodness mm -hmm. can I... but he was a bit too obviously creepy wasn't he so he like was, i get that but yeah. also like yeah yeah i didn't have anyone else because they didn't like no give me a fair enough. can yeah. i just read you a portion from matt neal's review from the Please. abc i think okay. it gets at what you're saying mm. he says that the welcome humour of the first episode is soon lost in the blood-soaked second instalment and the series rushes to its finale, flitting between a multitude of story threads as it tries to wrap everything up in a neat bow. In the end, the mystery at its heart is less interesting than the immersive world and the complex characters populating it. Yeah, I think that's it. I read something else. I think it was from Luke Buckmaster. I can mm -hmm. link it in our show notes. And he was saying, like, there's too many story threads to all be fully wrapped up. Yeah. And he kind of, like, a little bit of the cliche these days to have a murder mystery at the centre of this storyline. It's like, mm -hmm. no one wants to watch a show about Chinese gold miners in Australia. Let's put a murder in the first episode and that'll give it be a hook, you know. Yeah. I, I was kind of, yeah, more immersed in the town and the city. Like, do we need a murder mystery, especially if it's one you're kind of not really going to develop? Well, the other thing fully? was, that I think the most interesting point and the thing that was most intriguing about the show to me at least was the sort of the undercutting of the money like 
people mm. so you had the people working on the mines and they're trying to steal some gold rather than giving mm-hmm. it over to the white people then you've got Shing and Sun trying to like you know fudge the numbers a little bit and then you mm. have this woman come over from wherever to you know figure out why the numbers don't add up that's interesting in and of itself and I think that had the most intrigue for me because Shing's character was really, I hate using the phrase anti-hero because people use it incorrectly these mm. days, but just someone of, of moral dubiousness, you know, like he did mm. bad things in this show and yet, you know, we're still sort of like rooting for him because he's trying to survive this horrible environment. But that's what was interesting, don't you think, is all that kind of how how that part of Australia's history was established and how we, you know, right from the get-go weren't afraid to be racist. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone's got to get it, trying to get by. Mm. And you're right, even back then he's trying to deal with all of the same problems that we have today so that, you know, you can draw the parallels there. And at the same time, there was some cool, like, you know, political manoeuvring where he's trying to keep everyone happy, like he's trying to keep his his miners on side, mm-hmm. but also then he's trying to ingratiate himself with white society. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at the same time, there's that awful scene where they, they're they surprised he can talk. I was just thinking yeah. about that. Isn't um, that horrific? Yeah. Like, so Belle takes him to a show, bizarre mm. show. I didn't really understand that woman at all. Um, she had spiders on her. Yeah, Fair enough. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> she, he's like there as a as a circus performer like everyone's just mm. looking at him like he's wow you can you've oh look at you you've dressed up in like proper clothes you know yeah. good on you and oh my god he can talk and he can mm-hmm. how interesting it's like god but you but you're right Sonny. that was the most interesting part his journey through that so mm-hmm. yeah when we're spending multiple um story threads away from that I don't know. I mean, I also, like, I know it's a miniseries, but you could have had multiple seasons of him trying to deal with society in that circumstance, I think. But you could. Yeah, it's a different story, so you can't really get no, no, too no. mad at it for being not something that we, something else, but still. You're well, right. I think it's frustrating, though. I know we talk about that a lot, and, and you say, you know, you can't get mad at it for not being the story that you wanted, but I think that the frustrating thing as a viewer is when you can obviously see a part of the story that is stronger than the rest and Mm. could support the rest. Mm. And it's frustration that the people involved in making the show didn't see that when they were creating it. Like in the writing Mm. process, you don't go... It's almost like it needed an editor or a revision or someone being like, no, this is the nugget, pardon the pun, the nugget of the story (laughs) that um, is actually the driving force here. Let's bring that out and enhance that and get rid of all the other stuff, you know? Mm. So I think that's where the frustration comes from. And I think that's a valid criticism to have as a viewer. Hmm. Um, it's not like I'm saying, why aren't they in space or why aren't they, <laughs> why don't they have sci-fi? No, that's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying you've, you've already written the story and there's a bit in there that's like the actual hero, but you're too worried about all the other stuff. But do you think, I think that's a pro- possibly a product of the time with like productions now is that if you pitched a story that had just one main storyline, they'd be like, well, what else is happening? Mm. Don't you feel like there's there's sort of a pressure for media these days to have, like, a lot going on and subtext and... Well, I think certainly in streaming, it's the whole, there's so much streaming now, 
you need a hook to get everyone back next episode because otherwise they'll go watch something else. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that is definitely accurate. And also, like, a lot of the Netflix shows that we used to watch, like all the Marvel ones, they would spend a lot of time, like, just spinning their wheels, not really doing much just yeah. because you have to fill up 13 episodes. is isn't a huge problem here because only four episodes, but at the same time, it does feel like maybe this could have been a really good movie, <laughs> one you know, fair and a half or two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. So, true. yeah, maybe, maybe. Did like Reese Muldoon, by the way, having time with life, clearly, as kind of like one of the inspectors, like mm. just, you know, you know, the guy from Play School and various <laughs> other TV shows, just seemed like a really nice guy and a great actor. Yeah. So that that was good. I'd also say, Sine, that it's really nice that we can have these discussions about something made here in Australia, which, you know, often we, we spend a lot of time consuming other country culture and things on Netflix and stuff. It's really nice to have an Australian show to talk about. So Yeah, I think that's, that's why great. I'm sort of like leaning into mm. it because yeah, good it's on interesting. You. Um, I had a little fact for you. Is it a fact or a factoid? Um, well, we don't use factoid in the correct sense. Factoid in actuality means an unimportant fact, right? But we well, like to think of it as a little fact. You know what? I did a podcast about this on I Miss You Man recently mm. where I mentioned you and I think you might have started a craze today because factoid is sort of becoming just as um, accurate as fact. Wow. Which doesn't make much sense given, you know, am the I actual meanings of the words. Am I solely responsible for the development of language? I think so. I, th- I think it's almost a factoid now that factoid is a <laughs> factoid. <laughs> Good. Um, little tidbit that I wanted to give you. Mm. was about the composer of the series. So Caitlin Yao, I think is how you pronounce her surname. Yeah. Um, there's like a behind-the-scenes thing on SBS. I don't know if you watched it about the show. And mm. she was talking about how she tried to incorporate Chinese instruments and Australian instruments in the one show to get the mix. And mm. two interesting things that I took away from that was one of the things that she did was use Chinese music when she was or Chinese instruments and that sound when the story was following the white people and then mm. used sort of Anglo-Australian um, music for when we were following a Chinese storyline, which was interesting because it was okay. sort of like hinting at this undercurrent and hinting at the larger world or system that they're operating in, which I thought was really cool. And the other factoid that I have for you is that um so at the end of the show when they'd done filming she asked the director for one of the gold pans one of the original gold pans that they had oh yeah and she wanted to use that as an instrument in the show and if you watch this series she plays a little snippet of it and you can hear it that's that's the sound that's underneath everything is actually just stuff in a gold pan which i thought was really interesting and you know she didn't have to do that that was sort of a a really creative way of thinking about how to tell a story through sound and make it a unique sound then too if it's something no one else has done before that's awesome so i thought that was really cool you can see that she was the composer on all my friends are leaving brisbane which i've never actually seen but it's always been sort of mentioned that's really cool thank you for your insight this and i look at you coming in with all the facts you know i'm up in my game up in my podcast game (laughs) that's right well i would recommend it And, and if you're in australia SBS On Demand is free. You just got to sign up for it. The only thing you have to worry about is the ads. Um, 
And I think that the actual system is a lot better than it used to be, right? We used to have lots of trouble yeah. with the actual streaming of it. It was fine for me this time, apart from the ads sometimes played twice and stuff, but like, you know, <laughs> for something that's free and, you know, subsidized by the government, whatever, I think I'm yeah. pretty cool with it. Um, and also, there's lots of other stuff on SPS On Demand. I never really go into it, to be honest. I, I don't no. think to go in there much, but um, no, there's some good good stuff on there. What are you going to rate New Gold Mountains the name? Oh, I think I'll give it three stars. I found okay. it quite fresh and interesting. I liked that it was a good thing that Australian film produced. I don't have the cringe factor around it. There's no cultural cringe with this episode. It was kind of prestige, wasn't it, in that sense? Yeah. I think it can hold time with some of the prestige shows from the old TV3 age we're living in. Agreed. Hmm. Are we on TV4 now? Maybe we are. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. All right. So we got TV1, mm -hmm. first age, was like 50s um, through to like the 80s. Mm -hmm. It was kind of things like I Love Lucy and um, lots of those early sitcoms and you know, Twilight Zone, things like that. Then, like, I think from, like, 70s through to the late 90s, you had TV2, and that was sort of colour TV, I suppose. It might be the distinction there. And kind of things, you're getting a bit more budget and not just, like, filmed plays, you know, like it was in the early days. Mm -hmm. um, and some sort of more prestige stuff, but not as much. TV3, the third age, was pretty much, like, Sopranos started that off. We had, like, good, good TV, I suppose you might call it. <laughs> And then that carried on by things like Breaking Bad and Mad Men, like mm -hmm. kind of the binging box sets, you might say. So, like, I'd, I'd probably think, you know, since streaming, we're probably in a, in a fourth age, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But that's just me guessing. I haven't done much TV studies in a while. But you know what? I'm going to decree that. Good. We're in the fourth age today. All right. It's a bold claim, <laughs> but I like it. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give this three stars too. Um, you know, I, I'm a generally a, a pretty... Um, sympathetic reviewer on this podcast, especially my ratings are nice today. Um, you are, and you know, with those those some of those criticisms. But if you can take a step back and just experience a really well done Australian TV show, um, especially if you're from overseas and you want to get an insight to a bit of Australian history, you're hundred percent get there. Mm. You're nine history teachers. You're gonna be all <laughs> over this, okay? Um, that's a good thing though, because I didn't. I certainly didn't know anything about the gold rush. I'd never oh, studied that in school. I never knew anything about the Chinese involvement in the country. Yeah, like, oh, it's certainly a good thing. We got a very Eurocentric view of what happened, and then we had one lesson where we watched Rabbit Proof Fence, <laughs> and that was about it for the Indigenous studies. I know. And how many times did you hear about Captain Cook and? Also, I built a little little model of the Endeavour. That was something I did oh, in did primary you? school out of a cardboard box. That was our, our big assessment, you know. Uh, I still laugh when we hear, think about our Prime Minister trying to get someone to, to circumnavigate Australia as Captain, celebrate Captain Cook. Yeah. Like, that's not what he did. That's not what he did at all. Not what he did, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, coming up, we've got some really interesting movies. Big budget movies coming out today. We do. How good. As I'm being released from the International Space Station, yeah. I'm being allowed to <laughs> attend the cinema, which is also, yes. I guess, in space. Yes. Um, which I'm you, very You fly over there, don't you? Yeah. yeah, I have my little cord that, like, attaches me so I don't, yeah. like, you know, fly off because <laughs> that would be something that I would do. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm I've excited for it. I've already seen Eternals, mm -hmm. which I'm... You have lots to say, I reckon, today. Okay. Well, maybe you won't. I don't know. I've also got 
like the new James Bond, um, Last Night in Soho, uh, something else coming out too, I think. French Dispatch, which I'm yeah, very yeah. excited to see. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's going to be a good rest of the year for content, mm -hmm. as we call it. Also, I just want to mention one thing before we wrap up completely. Mm -hmm. That for the Christina Chronicles, which is a mini series that I'm doing on I Miss You Man, where we look back at the filmography of the one and only Christina Ritchie, oi oi oi, she has a movie from the 90s called Gold Diggers The Secrets of Bear Mountain. And you know what? New Gold Mountain is a thousand times better than that movie. Probably one of the worst movies not I've ever seen, but just not a good movie at all. Okay, so as far as having the words Golden Mountain in your title, yeah. This one's doing all right. Hundred percent. Fun fact for you, Sine. Mm -hmm. Christina Ritchie's in that movie, but her friend is played by Amy from Veep. Oh. And, and I don't know whether it was the movie or whether it was just where she was in her career, but because she was like you know teenager, she didn't make another movie for like ten years afterwards. Ooh, <laughs> and she kind of gave up acting. So I don't know if that's that's about the movie or whether it was something else. But you know. Anyway. Not a great sign. Little gold mountain fact for you. All right, we're on Twitter, aren't we, Sine? You can catch us on there, get little updates about the show. Mm -hmm. Sometimes other little funny things that Sine tweets about. I tweet, I'm hilarious on there. You really are. We've both got personal Twitters too, if you want to catch us there. Feedback. Yeah, definitely. Um, it'd be good to catch up because, you know, it's really wonderful when people get in touch with us and have a chat. And we like to talk to our friends and family and fans. So, until next time, this has been I Only Like You in Movies. Her name's Sine. My name's Lonnie. See you next time. Bye. What a good ending. Why is why we suddenly have like an outro? Oh. We can just it's tell very them the professional. Well, thank you very much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.